Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Ghost Coffee Podcast, where I, Mumbot, will be speaking with guests who I find inspirational or will have some valuable experience and insights to share with other creators like myself. I would like to thank Ghost Coffee Podcast's official sponsor, Denim Coffee. And I'm so excited to announce, as teased a few episodes ago on the Ron English episode, that our very own Ghost Roast Coffee has arrived. Please check out the description of this episode for a link to purchase your very own bag of Ghost Roast limited edition hand-signed and numbered 12-ounce bags of coffee. On this episode of Ghost Coffee Podcast, I had the pleasure of chatting with incredibly talented motion graphics artist and director Imani LaRussa. Imani is an Emmy Award-winning creator who has worked on music visuals and concert graphics for artists such as Lil Nas X, Meg Thee Stallion, and brands such as Rolling Stones, Hulu, Adobe, and Avalanche. We talk about her journey and she imparts some wisdom as a successful content creator, sharing insights such as having creative female representation, figuring out what works for you, and how she believes in quality over quantity. Her art is bold, fun, and uniquely captivating, but also her dedication to sharing education and giving through her nonprofit Jumpstart Designers to support equity in the digital space by providing access to aspiring young artists from underrepresented communities is inspiring. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hi, Imani. Hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. Busy. Busy's good, though. Thank you for coming to Ghost Coffee Podcast. I don't drink coffee, though. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, you know, minus 10 points, but that's all right. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I got to earn it back some way. You will, I'm sure. So what do you like? If you don't, do you drink tea? Like, what's your favorite beverage? I just drink water all day. But after, like, a good meal, I'll have a sip of a Sprite. Okay. Like, I have those mini cans. And so I'll just open it, have a little sip, and then I'm done. Nice. You're not, like, afraid of the carbonation. Some people can't. No. No, I'm not. I'm a, I like a good beer, so. What's your favorite beer? Hazy IPA, Sierra Nevada. I love that beer. I love IPAs also. There's also uh, Bike Dog has been my new favorite. So it's a Sacramento brewing. Um, and they had this uh, IPA called Dog's Hair. And it's mm. pretty good. Okay. I'm a big fan of it. I'll have to try that sometime. Yeah, you have to get it shipped to you or something. Yeah, there was a fancy craft beer. I, I, that was the best craft beer I've ever had in my life. It was called, I think it was called The Captain's Daughter. And it was like a limited edition. Okay. And if you look it up, you like look up those like rated uh, craft beers. It was like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll check it out. Okay. Now we've established like what you drink. (laughs) We got that out of the way. We needed to get that out of the way. Important. Yeah. So I just want to kind of get, let people know more about you because you're amazing. Huge fan. (laughs) Uh, You do so many cool things. How would you... If you could describe yourself to someone who might not know about you, how would you do that? Yeah. 
No, um, I am a motion graphics artist and director. So I predominantly worked on music visuals for artists like Lil Nas X, Make the Stallion, uh, creating like concert graphics and stuff. And then switching over to like doing more brand stuff for like Rolling Stones, Hulu. Uh, recently, I, I've done a partnership with uh, Adobe, which has been really great, and uh, Avalanche. Um, and so I basically just create motion graphics, visual effects, animations, and it's been really, really awesome. So, so badass. <laughs> well, and you actually, did you, do I know this correct? You have won multiple Emmys for your work? Yes, I have, wow. I have two wow. Emmys. That's so epic. Thank you. Yeah, they were for, uh, I worked at CBS News and I basically did like a campaign with them and uh, I worked on this story about these kids uh, that were in Ripon that kept getting cancer. And so it was like a deep dive story on that. So I did the graphics for that. And then for the campaign, I did the cinematography and graphics for that. So yeah, it's basically anything that can get on TV, you could win an Emmy for, which I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. But yeah, those were what I went for. Amazing. Does it feel like weird? I don't know, to be like so young and feel like You've accomplished a lot. Like, we'll get into more of, like, what you've actually, the all the epic things you've done. But, like, that alone, like, you know, we've, we're only five minutes in. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm I'm 28, so I'm not, like, super, I'm not 16, you know? I felt like, uh, I, I do feel as though everything that has happened at the timeline that it has, I'm super grateful for. Because I felt like when I was 21, 22, I wanted to have what I currently have. And I think that if I were to have what I currently have, then I don't think that my life would be as good as it is right now. You know, like I, I think that everything played out the way that it should have. And I've learned so much through experience and time that now I feel like I could appreciate this life that I'm living now more than ever. Who knows? That's just my perspective. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that perspective. That seems like the right perspective to have about it. That's really cool. Thank you. Okay. So I when I met you, by the way, meeting you in Barcelona was amazing. We were both <laughs> out there during the um, Avalanche Summit 2. That was so much fun. You met my dad. I met your dad. Yeah. It was so memorable because, well, for, for a lot of reasons, the whole event was amazing. But th- that night, you told the story about like a band that you went to see and how you did all this stuff secretly. You had tickets, you you and your dad had tickets and you had done all this stuff secretly and you eventually end up surprising your dad like at the concert. Could you tell that story? Do you mind? Yeah, yeah. So the band is the internet. So back in the day, Tyler Creator uh, had this group called Odd Future and it was basically like, a huge melting pot of different rappers and singers and stuff. And so the internet is like one of my favorite bands to this day. And I basically was obsessed with them. And I was making a whole bunch of fan art at the time. While working at CBS News full time, I was doing fan art outside of that. And so I had posted an art piece. Basically, it was like a tour, um, like their lineup. And so I was like, hopefully, you know, they're going to want to use this because it's for their tour. They don't have any tour promos yet. So I was like, I'll make it for free and hopefully, you know, they use it. And so I put it out there and I went to the gym. And when I opened my phone, when I got to the gym, it was like a 10 minute skate. Like I just 
stayed at the gym. And when I opened my phone, I had 200 notifications. And I was like, oh my God, like what? This is probably, I had like a thousand followers on Twitter, you know, like it wasn't like I had a huge following. And so I go and I check my, my phone and all these people are retweeting it. And one of my friends basically was like, oh my God, the internet just retweeted your stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. And they had basically quote tweeted to the Internet was like, hey, if you guys you guys should hire Imani, like blah, blah, blah. And they were like on it. I was just like screaming up and down, like could not believe it. This was the first time that I had made fan art and it actually got to the artist. I think I'd made multiple pieces up until that point and so they reached out and were like yeah we'd love to use it we'd also like love to like bring you on like hire you for a graphic so i made a graphic and they were like we love it can you make our entire uk set list and i was like oh my god and so i was like absolutely and so meanwhile before this had even happened me and my dad were going to go see them in concert. Like we bought tickets to see them. And so they were like, we're going to be in Sacramento. Um, we'd love to stop by. Like, we'd love for you to stop by our show. And I was like, I already got tickets to go see you guys. And they're like, oh, well, why don't you come to Soundcheck then? So I, uh, my dad comes into town and the show started at like 7 p.m. And it was about like four o'clock. And I was like, do you want to go to the internet soundcheck? And he was like, what? And I was like, I love this. Dad, I made concert graphics for the internet and they're going to be playing tonight. And they invited us to go to soundcheck. And he was like, I'll never forget. We were writing back to or we were writing to the venue. And I was like, Dad, don't like fangirl. OK, he's like, OK, OK, I'm not. I promise. And I'm like, OK. And so we get there. Little did I know that the opening act was also one of my dad's favorite bands, too. I didn't even know who they were, but he was like Moonchild, which I now know and I love them. And he was like, oh, my God, that's a lead singer of Moonchild right there. And I was like, what? Bring it down. Bring it down. Like, and so he had a fanny pack on and she had a fanny pack on. And he goes, I, I really like a fanny pack. He's like, I have a fanny pack. I was like, oh, my God, this is adorable. And so after the concert, we went backstage and hung out with them. And they are just absolutely the most nicest people in the world. And I'm so grateful that they, you know, gave me an opportunity because that led to me doing so many other concert graphics and it changed my life and just them, you know, taking a chance on some random girl on the internet, you know, and now like I've, I've hung out with them a few times and uh, Matt, who is like my direct contact there uh, through the internet, like he created art for our fundraiser for Jumpstart. So it's just been crazy. And he, he texted me like uh, last year and was just like, I'm so proud of you. And I love that story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So, that's so epic. <laughs> well, you happened to mention Jumpstart. So, I mean, I wanted to just talk about real quick how cool it is. You do a lot of tutorials. I can tell like you're really, you care about education and, and sharing um, information and making it accessible. And I love that. That kind of like one of the first things that drew me to you. 
but also like the fact that you care about creating this program, like you have a nonprofit that helps, you know, kids from underprivileged backgrounds. And I just happened to be one of those kids. I was like, you know, a kid like that. And I had no access to stuff. And so that means a lot to me. It like really stands out that you care enough that you do a lot for that. And then you also have your jumpstart. Thank you. And that's starting in like the application start in a week. Okay. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been one crazy journey because Gosh, I did not know it was this much paperwork. So many things go into, you know, running a nonprofit and getting things off the ground and trying to, you know, get engagement with people online and trying to make sure that everything is like solid. I we've just been planning this out. So much intricacy goes into it. And my thing is, I don't want to put something out there that is like not my all, you know, like I put so much into whatever I'm doing. And so we have just been working like I have just been working on this like for the past like two and a half years. And so now we're about like a week out from being able to like start the program. So basically it will be a not only are we getting them like the computers, but we're getting them like education and opportunities. So we're going to have mentors come in and they'll be able to work with them side by side and they'll be able to like get Adobe and run their programs on a computer that actually has like a designated graphics card, you know? So it's just something that we are so proud of that we've been able to kind of figure this out and What I'll say is Jumpstart, we just signed a very huge partnership with Intel. Whoa. Yeah. So um, they're donating their computers to Jumpstart, which is huge to have that type of support. It's crazy. Like, it's it's really just, like, super awesome. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And we haven't announced it yet. So, like, don't tell anybody yet. (laughs) But yeah, we're we're super excited about that and ready for that to happen with the program. And we're, yeah, just a, like literally a week away from it going live. Congratulations. Thank wow. you. That's <laughs> so, so cool. But you know what we can do? We can make sure that we, we release this right after you announce that. So cool. Cool. cool okay. Cool. That's exciting. You got some alpha. Yeah. Did not expect that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess I want to talk to you a little bit about like, if you don't mind, if we backtrack a little, I want to talk a little bit about like, who were your inspirations? Who were your earliest influences? And, and if anything, like, you know, any mentors that you had or anything like that, that you want to talk about or resources, even it doesn't even have to be like people. It could be like stuff that, that helped you kind of conceptually or something along those lines. Yeah, I I mean, I think always my biggest inspiration were always like music videos. Like I loved watching music videos as a kid. That was like what I wanted. That's what I wanted to do for a yeah. living. That's so cool. Yeah. It was like, wait, yeah. you could do this and like get paid to do something like this? It's crazy. A big inspiration was definitely like Mike Diva. It's like he's just phenomenal. And when I first like started getting into like motion graphics animations and stuff, he was making these insane music videos for YouTube. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. Andrew Kramer, obviously videocopilot.net. He is just, he showed me that like you could be fun 
and be able to teach people and still like get respect, you know, like I felt like a lot of times I had always seen that like you needed to be like a hard ass or like an asshole to be able to succeed. And he just kind of like was really fun. And I really gravitated towards that. What's crazy is that like I I wish I had like access to more like female, you know, creators. But like at the time and even still, there's not a lot. And so I think that alone kind of inspired me to like want to show my face more because there wasn't that. And so it made it to where I was like, no, like I'm going to, you know, do this. And definitely like the people who told me that I couldn't do anything or couldn't do shit, that they definitely gave me some fuel to prove them wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate. Everything you're saying is very relatable. (laughs) I'm telling your story. You're you're just you already know. I think you're cool. I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna chill out. I'm I sound <laughs> I'm fangirling and I need to relax. <laughs> cool. So we'll put we'll add link to those uh creators that you just mentioned. Also, we can in the description yeah. of the podcast. How about like in terms of like as an artist, I guess, like because you 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 know you refer to yourself as like a motion graphics and animator. Do you feel like you do some stuff that's like conceptually like do you feel like an artist? Like that's like something that you would ever refer to yourself just as an artist too? I I know by definition I'm an artist, but I have imposter syndrome like crazy. So it's hard to be like, I'm the super creative, you know, artist or whatever. Like I have always been so envious of people who can just like doodle something that just comes from their head and like, like just has like a full on idea. Like, I don't know if you ever seen like those crazy like freehand tattoos where they're just coming up with shit as they go? I'm like, good never. Like, no, I need to sit down and like conceptualize and get references and color palettes and all this stuff. Like it's it's not as easy as that. And so I, I think I've always been so like, oh, about that. But I technically I am an artist. Like when people ask, like, what do you do like for a living? I'm always like, yeah. oh, I do art, you know, um, you are an artist. Yeah. I, I I just I like to have this discussion a little bit. I think that I get it. I get what you're saying. And I feel like some of that is like how your own perception has decided, like what, you know, there are par- pockets and like types of art. Right. And there's artists who are capable of all kinds of ranges of things. Right. To, based on their level or mm-hmm. ability and like even analog artists who might be able to illustrate or paint not all of them have the ability to do the freehand without without sketching and some yeah. some some can but can't do you know like a more rendered piece you know what i mean so i just I, you're an artist to me and i just think that i mean i'm i'm very open mind about like all this all the things that i think are art you know life is art like i'm i'm pretty open with what what who is an artist yeah. and i feel like it's changing though what i what i guess what i'm getting at is i feel like the world's perception of what is art is really it's changing and you know what i mean like, there will be less of a preconceived notion of like what is an artist you know mm-hmm. i get that yeah so do you have any besides your nonprofit? do you have any like projects that you're working on that are i don't know like a music 
music related project or like a, any other project you got going on? So I've been taking a little break from music because it kind of killed my heart when I was doing it. It's just it's extremely fast paced and it I don't feel like it allows artists to really thrive in that setting where everything needs to be done quick, 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 quick. And like the budgets aren't like amazing, you know, for the amount of time that you need to complete it. You know, it's really not that much. But yeah, I I think for music, I could see myself coming back to it. But I just got proposed like a huge music video the other day. But the deadline was literally due two days after they had reached out to me. And then the overall project was due in like a week and a half. And I was like, no, like this artist is so huge. I'm not going to like literally kill myself to try to get like work done for them. Like it, it's just it's too much, you know. And so I think for maybe in the future, if the right project comes up. But for the stuff that I've been doing, it's kind of like I think the artist will need to reach out to me directly rather than the way that it's been where I work with the record labels, because I think everything is kind of a middleman process where it's like, okay, now that the artist knows what they want, let's ask the producer and then the producer will talk to the creative director and the creative director will then talk to you. It's like, yeah, uh, that's too much game of telephone. Like I'd much rather just, you know, wait until I can work with the artist directly, which, oh, I can't say it. But there is there is an artist, there is a record label that I spoke with literally last week. I totally forgot about this. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal, but we're working on timeline. And I guess you could try. But I can't tell you. But try to try to guess. I guess it. Okay. You won't guess I won't it. guess it. There's no way. I'm just not even gonna get it. I'm not even try. Yeah. Exciting. <laughs> I feel like you're kind of um well, I don't know. I people talk about like Sometimes people think that like being a perfectionist or or whatever, like they, people, some people talk about it like negatively, um, but it's not quite like, I think that's just like a word that's convenient to describe like someone who's just like, you want to be proud of what you put out there, right? That's kind of, that's the, mm-hmm. like, the feeling I get from you too. It's like, if you don't have enough time to make it exactly what you would really, you know, to have the potential of what you could possibly create. Yeah, no, it's a blessing and a curse because I think a part of it, I'm so grateful that I was born with the brain that I have that allows me to have the work ethic that I do. I think with just the experiences that I've had with literally the biological shit in my brain for them to merge together and make (laughs) a productive person, awesome. But comes with that is like, overthinking so much and overanalyzing and like being compulsive or obsessive over like numbers. I think that's one of the hardest things about being like a content creator now, because before this year, like basically at the beginning of this year, I had set out that I wanted to, you know, become more of an influencer uh, rather than just like put art out there. And it's been great. But in the sense of like, cool, I gained over 100,000 followers in a few months. That's awesome. I could gauge how well I'm doing based on those numbers. But it's also so black and white that it's like almost like scary because with a client, if you do an art piece, they're like, cool, 
we love it. We'd love to hire you again in the future. You kind of gauge like how well, you know, that piece did with that person roughly, you know, maybe they loved it. Maybe thought it was okay. But with putting content out where you see the numbers, you can see, oh, this didn't do good like I thought it would. Or, oh my God, this piece did really amazing. I think I, me, myself, I could get very deep into this isn't good. I'm not good. This sucks. Look at their numbers. Look at my numbers, you know? And so it's very, very hard sometimes. That's so interesting. I Do you mind if we dive into that a little bit? You're actually like yeah. the first person I think I've had on that's like also a creator of content and influencer like level, you know, in addition to being an artist. Right. And it's really interesting to me that you're you're doing that. I mean, this is a conversation that comes up every every so often, like with different artists that I speak to. And, you know, it's a huge struggle for a lot of artists and creative people, just creative people in general, like to Mm -hmm. keep up with like producing content, but not just like even if you have a lot of content available. Mm like just the consistency of putting it out there. And when you sort of uh, decided that's going to be a thing that you that you're dedicating like part of who you are to. Here's my question. So I I have I have trouble. I realized like the more I started doing it, the more I felt like passionate about like saying things that I didn't hear other people saying. And also like some of what you were talking about, like that lack of like certain female voice that like I didn't really get otherwise I, I didn't have growing up. So or just even to this day, I, I felt like, OK, well, I guess maybe that that's supposed to be me, that person. And I'm not an influencer. So like, you know, I mean, I'm just like I'm just speaking at events and I'm doing like, you know, a lot of Twitter spaces and doing like a lot of things that people are inviting me to do and interviews and stuff. And and I found that it was starting to get to me sometimes that um, I'm sharing so much of myself, I guess. And it was just like, there was no, no one warns you that like, you know, it starts to affect like, how do I explain this? Like, there's like, a, there's like a time period where you like don't want to be on, you know? And even if I'm very much myself uh-huh. in, in, because I don't know really how to do anything too different from like, this is me, you know, it's still to an extent yeah. like, like I just I th- after like a, a little while I needed to sh- to like take a break. Like I had so much content I could share. I just like didn't want to. It was almost like somebody telling me like the algorithm you need to feed it, and like someone telling me like you know that this was part of my routine. There was something about it that like just it just made me want to rebel. Like I was rebelling against this thing that I know is helpful, and like. Okay. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Like, I know how to adjust my mindset. I know how to be like, oh, this this thing can be the same as like, you know, I I post here, post here, post, post here. And like, I change up the copy and the, the content. And like, it could be the same as like having a coffee in the morning. Like for me, you know, I could I know how to do that. But anyway, I just felt like this weird need to rebel. And like, do you ever feel that? Like if you're you're doing it on the level that you're doing it. I mean, does that ever happen to you? I think the biggest thing is like trying to figure out what works for you. So if you're getting burnt out to the point to where it's not fun anymore, then it's time to rework it because I guarantee there is a way that does work for you. And I think it just all comes with like trial and error. 
seeing what your limits are, seeing like, can I have my battery completely drained by talking to all these people all the time and then expect to be able to have enough energy to edit after that? Probably not. Like, I think it's knowing where your burnout levels are and then working around those. I think when it comes to like content creating and understanding the algorithm, there are basic, there are rules to why things work the way that they do. And I think understanding those, it starts becoming easier to predict and try to um, like overcome. I think it, there is a unpredictability about it where it's just like you know sometimes people just hit the lottery online and they get viral and it is amazing but i would say for the majority of people it is this game that needs to be played and i think that's the difference between like someone who wants to freely post online without having any parameters and someone who is using their social media as uh their job because I feel like when it comes to what I put online, I don't feel like what is online is truly can encapsulate me as a person, you know, like it's very much what I want to, what I want people to know and what I choose to put out there. The rest of the stuff that's for my at home. And it's not that it's like, oh my gosh, this person's like an evil bitch in real life. But like online, they're like super sweet. It's more so just like, I know what I can put out there in terms of energy. And I know what like I shouldn't, you know, like especially with like people being combative online, that's energy that I can not take on. Like that is stress that like, I will not argue with you. Like I will block you so quick. Like it's just I can't have that type of energy online because it's like my workspace. It's like yeah. something I take a lot of pride in. And so if I feel like it's getting to a point where I can't handle this anymore, I will restructure, take a take a day off, try to figure out, okay, this seems realistic for when I can, you know, post some stuff. I'm more on the side of quality over quantity. A lot of times people think that the algorithm is based on like how many times you'll post, uh, which it is, but it's not taking into consideration what your audience wants to see. So it's like, yes, you will show up more often, but what does showing up more often mean for your audience? Does that mean that they get tired of you? Does that mean that they're no longer engaging with you anymore because they see your stuff all the time? So it's like, cool. You're getting in front of their page, but now they're dismissing your content. So I'm more on the side of just making solid work and then like the rest will kind of come. I'm totally a big advocate for like reusing stuff, you know, like I will post an art piece, you know, that took me two weeks to make, but I have at least a week's worth of content that is around that. So I have time for my next piece. You know, I don't feel like I need to rush my art in order to get content out because then the art is suffering because of it. But yeah, hope that answered. That was like a long-winded answer. I think that will give a lot of value to a lot of creators. That was super, that was great. I don't, I, I mean, I don't want to go on too long about it, but I basically, it's so funny. I, I, I gave a bunch of advice about, oh, like, you know, just share your work in progress is like, just, you know, 
you could be real quick. And that was something that was working working for me. It was easy. It wasn't stressful. I didn't have to worry about editing or anything like that. I was just doing like quick little clips of that. And then I was like, you know, that wasn't all I was sharing, but like, yeah, I love what you said about the quality over quantity because consistently on my Instagram, at least, even if I'm not growing, I'm not like, you know, I don't have any crazy numbers or anything. Even if I'm not growing that fast, the cool thing is that I have found a, like it's a consistent, even if it's a slow growth and it's like anybody who's kind of interested in whatever I have been sharing on Instagram, it's like, I don't want to share anything that I don't think would be good. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there was like three full weeks where I was like, I don't feel like sharing another recap. Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine. Like, I just yeah. shared a recap last week. No one needs another recap this week. Yeah. So that's awesome. All right. I have. Okay. How about how about goals? Do you have some bucket list items or goals, uh, things that you that you want to do that you haven't had a chance to do yet? Okay. Every year I always forget. This has been on my bucket list for the past like three years, but I forget every every time. I don't remember it until it comes out. It's the 30 under 30, the Forbes 30 under 30. I want to get on there so bad. But every time they do the application for it, I just fucking forget every time. And like, I just, it just slips my mind and I'm pushing, I'm at 28 right now. I'm getting there. Getting you on it. Iman. I got, I, I got to. It. I got to. Like, Can someone nominate you? Can someone, does that, is that a thing? Yeah. Honestly, you would think that if it was on my bucket list, I'd have more information on it. I, I don't. I, you gotta I get no like a trending post. Yeah, yeah. About you being on Forbes 30. Forbes 30 and 30. Let's go. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta message somebody about that. I'm gonna reach out. Get, have my people call their people or something. Amazing. Okay, I have some like weird questions. If you don't. I like weird. Okay. Weird. Here goes some of the weird ones. What is your favorite food? Sushi. Specifically, bento box nala roll. Get that every Tuesday and Thursday. Amazing. I love that. Okay. Fresh salmon. I put a little bit of lemon, soy sauce. Mm. Delicious. Yummy. Okay. That has, uh, you get your 10 points back. (laughs) There you go. Um, okay. Do you collect anything? Are you like a collector? Do you have like a weird collection of anything? Um, no, but I have been making Adventure Time sculptures lately. So I'm trying to make all the characters for that. Like here, I'll show you. Here's my, I still have to paint it, but here's my little beemel. Amazing. That's so good. Are you using paper clay to sculpt that? I don't know what type of clay this is. I just went to Michael's and was like, clay and grabbed it. I know nothing about this. This is like day three of learning the sculpt. Hey, if that's something I can actually help you with. So if you ever want some some tips on anything. I mean, I'm not the greatest sculptor. There's Finn. Oh, my There's God. There's Finn. Oh, my gosh. Little backpack. This one's like air air clay. or right. yeah, yeah, air dryer. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Those are pretty good for your first sculpts. Thanks. Yeah, I've been making been making those lately. Uh, I don't collect anything because 
I don't buy things that are like expensive, you know, so they're not a value. Like, I guess it's the value that you put into things. But like, usually I buy things that are like relatively inexpensive, which makes me use them to the point that they wouldn't be collectible. You know, I don't know how to take care of things. That's what I'm trying to say. That's fine. I actually am a firm believer. I'm also a collector, but I I am a firm believer in also having things that you actually play with or like, you know, you keep on your desk so you could see them. Like, I like to see my things that make my my partner has collected all these Zelda Amiibos. He is the biggest Zelda collector of all time. So, yeah, got the OG. Oh, he has that. Nice. He, he has that. <laughs> My favorite things of all time. Yeah. Um, awesome. Are you, are you playing the new game? Have you played it? Tears of the Kingdom? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, nice. look, look. I also spoke this. It's a, it's a little, it's a little Korok, dude. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good job. I can't believe you're just new to sculpting and that's really good. Thank you. Okay. Well, my next question was going to be, you mentioned Adventure Time. Uh, actually, I went to school some with some of the. I'm friends with some of the guys who who worked on Adventure Time. I like love is like an understatement for what I feel for Adventure Time. It is my greatest. I could I could put money on it that I would win Adventure Time trivia. Okay, well, if I bring my son in here, we might have a good battle. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like I don't know episode titles. But I know what has happened in every single episode. I think like insane type of trivia for that would be like, where was the snail at an episode 250? You know, that would be ridiculous. We're not going to we're not going to be too crazy unless you're. Yeah. You're minimal. And then we'll be like, oh, let's up it. I I, I know a bit. I know a bit. So I'm, I got to meet your dad. You're going to meet my son real quick. <laughs> OK, he's coming. He's coming. Okay. Say hi, say hi to Ima- Imani. Hi. Hi. I don't see your face. I just see your hand. This is my son. It's really good camera quality. Yeah. Oh, uh, thank you. I literally just was looking at Adventure Time. It's so funny. Uh, yeah, I was I was saying that I, I'm really, I think I'm really good at, I think I could solve any Adventure Time trivia. You want me that, to ask you? Yeah, you have yeah. to do good questions. Hard hitting. Not too hard, but like. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. She said she could win. Yeah, like one of the like like a real trivia. Concept. What's Gunther's true form? Uh, Orgolord. Uh, what does Gunther's kid look like? Gunther's kid? Yeah, his child. He has like Gunther gave birth. Oh my god! In the ninja episode, Gunther gave laid an egg, and then out of the egg came the ninja episode. You know the ninja episode, right? No. What do you what? There's like a snow ninja episode with. Where they broke into Ice King's... Oh, you got her. Room. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you got her. Here, I have a picture right here on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show me. Oh, this is like one of the first episodes. Too obscure. Gunther gave birth? At birth, she, lay, she laid an egg or Orgolorg laid an egg. I literally don't the- remember that at all. Cat. The pink cat. She laid yeah. an egg. That episode, and then the pink cat came out. All right, we got to give Imani a couple more. So that yeah, give me, can... give me some more. Give me some more. Needs to get her points back. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, 
that was wow. That yeah, it was obscure. That was a good yeah. one. Let me ask you a question. Okay, okay. What what was Finn's real name in the pilot episode? Oh my god! Like this is Paul? Nope. Wow. Finn's like birth name? No, there's a pilot episode. Oh, in the pilot? Yeah, yeah. The on YouTube, right? It's something like generic, right? No. I mean, it's not a common name. I don't remember. It's Pen. For Pelican Ward. Oh, that's, I remember. Because that's the name yeah. of it's the name of the I remember, creator, right? I remember yeah. hearing that, but it wasn't locked in my memory. Yep, yep, yep. Got you on that one. one. Okay, so that equalizes. You're equal. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right. One more from you, and then one. What is this more. battle like? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. This is impromptu. This is awesome. Um, I keep you on your toes, dude. You like got me out of bed for this. <laughs> How about something with Marceline? There's like easy ones. All these are easy. All the ones I'm thinking of are easy. Why don't you? Why didn't you pull up the question? I this just <laughs> happened on the fly, and I was like, "You're the best person you can to take the questions," and then both try to answer. All right, them. all right. Just, well, ha- we'll just call it. Up. We'll call it a tie. Right. Call it a tie because you both stumped. Wait, uh, um, what's I heard this question the other day. What type of food does Lumpy Space Princess eat? Dude, what? I know it. Wait, is it the is it the kind of birds? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the camping episode, but I was like, I was thinking like, what? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's been a while. I watched that as like a kid, dude. I mean, I come we on. don't think that out. No, but yeah. No, we have real art. We have my 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 buddy uh real art worked on it. Yeah. Um Tom Herpick. Do you know this dude? He no. won a, he, I think he was nominated for an, an yeah. Emmy for an Adventure Time. He Adventure Time. He wrote it. I think well. Adventure Time and like Adventure Time is definitely like arguably number one best cartoon. Yeah, no, definitely for sure. I have I I I think Avatar, Last Airbender is really oh, good. Oh yeah. Okay. Gary okay. Paul is really good. Have you seen Distant Lands yet? Yeah, I watched them. I think I might have missed one. That that stuff made me cry. I know. Hey, mom, made... she hasn't seen any of it. She stopped okay. watching. I won't say I'm, anything. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, yeah no, that dude, that like wrecks me. Like, yeah, I, I think only 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 that distant lands and then nor, uh, bo- there's like a thing in board so that made made me actually cry. And that's about yeah. it. Yeah, episode two and episode three, I was like crying for sure. Prepare myself. <laughs> All right, so this leads me. Thank you, thank okay, you. That's all you need. Yes, for. thank yeah. you to my best uh, son. That leaves me for what was my last one? Okay, so like, do you have? I was gonna say, do you have like a favorite movie? But I feel like we already talked a lot about favorite. You want if you want to say favorite movie? I have one more question after that. I love Across the Universe. That's my shit. Yeah, that's a real nice one. I know. I love it. All right. Last one. If you were, let's say you were, it's a post-apocalyptic world. Uh-huh. Okay. And you have to choose, like, where you're going to live, like, what kind of, and who who are you bringing with you? And you only have, like, le- you have less than an hour to, like, pack and and contact who you're going to contact and get to that place. Mm-hmm. You can pick wherever. Like, imagine, like, everything's up for grabs kind of situation. What Where are you going? Who are you bringing? What are you bringing with you? Um, I am a hundred percent taking Arthur with me, my partner. I 
I could literally have nothing and just have him and I'd be oh. good. Like I that is my rock. Oh. And we have an emergency uh shelter backpack. So it has like water, food, shelter, knives, radios, and all that stuff in a backpack. So we'd grab that. Um and then I'd probably go to my mom's house because she has like guns and stuff. So <laughs> she'll be ready for anybody yeah. to get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's definitely like I literally in any scenario Arthur would be with me. Arthur's right there. Hey, oh, that's such a nice, wholesome note to end on. <laughs> Love that. Imani, this was so cool. You're amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for being guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited for everything you have going on. And yeah, we will put your any of your links and everything where people can find you. We'll put in the description of the episode. Do you want to do you want to say like your favorite places where people can find you? Um, Instagram, TikTok, those are my go-to places. I think I'm the most active on those places. So, if you ever want to reach out and be like, "Hey, I make art too." I'll be like, "Hey, that's pretty cool." Amazing. All right, you're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You can find Imani on Instagram and TikTok as well as a few other places, we will share those links and the links to the creators she mentioned who inspire her in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much to Andy at the NFT Catcher podcast for powering this episode. Shout out Michael Keane, Jennifer Suto, Mombot World, and Ghost Club. You can also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Mumbot and at Mumbot World on TikTok. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go! Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.